It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, remember who you are. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday and a lot to get to, mostly all the Falcons stuff. We have some NFL news and Major League Baseball stuff to get to as well. Atlanta Hawks start out their season two and one. We'll do all that coming up. But I want to remind you guys to follow us on social media, on Twitter, at LockedOnETL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you guys subscribe and like to the YouTube channel. As well, and don't forget, we're on Roku TV. Wherever you get that Amazon Fire Stick or Roku TV, download the app. Check out Locked On Sports Atlanta all day long, every day. You see it right there on the hat that I'm wearing. If you're watching on YouTube, Locked On, baby. Okay, uh, let's get right into it because there's no point in beating around the bush. Falcons lose yesterday 35-17 to to the Cincinnati Bengals. And the, the reactions to this from both fans and media alike you know, are, are sometimes perplexing. And, and, and I genuinely wonder if people understand what they're watching. Uh, and, and, you know, I generally don't think that they do, but that's neither here nor there, uh, especially some of my colleagues. But remember a couple of things. One, I'll say it again. Take a 30,000-foot view. At the end of the day, this team is 3-4 and four after seven games. Nobody would have said no to 3-4 and four, given this roster, this team, this schedule through the first seven games uh, of this season and, and said, yo, that, that's terrible. We don't want to be that way. Would you like to be 4-3? and three? Maybe. Could you have been 4-3? and three? Possibly. But beyond all that, we're not going to play the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if game. The fact is that they are ahead of what many people thought they would be, uh, including Las Vegas, who predicted them to have five wins. Uh, they're over halfway there already. And they got a whole lot of season left. Still got 10 games left to go. So that's number one. And I'll keep pounding that into your head every week because you, you have to keep this in context, folks. This is not a good roster. It's not. It's not the worst in the league, but it's not a good roster. And so you're winning despite the players on the roster. And we're going to get to that coming up in a minute as well. Um, So they lose yesterday, 35-17. Now, a lot of people, okay, are upset at the pass-run ratio for this team. And I, I get it. I understand it. I've harped on it. I've asked Arthur Smith personally about it, about what he thinks of the way this team is constructed and how he can only throw 13 times in an NFL game where Joe Burrow, I think, completed 13 passes in the first quarter. Here's number one. Stop comparing yourself to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and their offense. You're not that offense. You won't be that offense. So end that conversation right there. Save yourself the headache of thinking you're something you're not. Folks, I'm not a male model. I go to bed every night knowing I'm not a male model, so I'm okay with it. Never going to be one. That's fine. At least not as currently constructed, not without some major reconstructive surgery. So that's what it is. But you have to remember how the game unfolded. They got down 21-0, okay? Remember this. By halftime, it was an 11-point game. An 11-point game. In an 11-point game, if you let's just even make it even a 10-point game. 
a two-score game where a touchdown and a field goal get you back in this thing. If it was 10-0 in the first quarter, would you suggest that the, the Falcons abandon what they do best in running the football in favor of throwing it? Come on. No, you would not. You absolutely would not. You should never advocate when you're down two scores, a touchdown and a field goal, that you should abandon what you do well in running the football in favor of throwing it all over the place. That literally makes no sense. It's not a good coaching philosophy, and it won't be. So let's continue to see how the game unfolded, because this is super important. They come out in the second half, Falcons get the ball first. They punt. They stop the Bengals on downs. Okay? Falcons get the ball again. Now, unfortunately, their first two drives, they go three and out. Now, some some of you wanted them to throw more. Well, let's look at the six plays that they ran coming out of half. They ran. They passed incomplete. They passed incomplete. Okay? Punted. What did they do the next time? They ran. Mariota got sacked on a pass play. Okay? Then Mariota had to scramble, and they ended up punting. So they tried to pass four out of six plays, folks. They didn't execute well. Then they score another touchdown, and the Falcons, now you're down by three scores. And what did they do? Okay, well, they ran, they passed, they ran, they passed, they passed and got sacked and punted. And then on the final drive, okay, they ran, ran, pass, ran, pass, pass, run pass, which Mark Mariota took off, pass and get sacked, and then punt. I mean, if you look at the breakdown in the second half, guys, it, I don't understand what you're asking for. They, they, they play to their strengths. Could you argue they could have thrown more in the second half? Sure. But it's an 11-point game. It's an 11-point game. Don't get away from what you do well. Arthur Smith didn't get away from what he did well. And why aren't they passing more? We'll get into this a little bit more in a moment. But guys, it's obvious you have a very limited quarterback. He's inaccurate. And sometimes he doesn't make the best decisions. Let's put it in this context. If I told you that you would get a return on your investment of three to one and you had above average risk. And I told you, you would get a return on investment of three to one and you had below average risk. Which one are you choosing? The obvious one is below average risk and the same return on investment because right now they run for as many yards as they pass, meaning that their return on their investment in the passing game is exactly what it is in the run game except the risk in the run game is a lot lower. So why would you take the high-risk avenue? Makes no sense. The more you ask Mariota to pass, the more bad things will happen for the team. It'll be a net negative. Folks, every time you drop back to pass, only four things can happen. Three of them are bad. The four things that can happen, it's incomplete, it's picked off, you're sacked, or it's a completion. Three of those things are bad. So if the risk of throwing the ball is 75% bad to 25% good, and the risk of running the ball is a lot less than that, what would you do? 
run the ball, especially when you do it well, better than, oh, I don't know, 95% of the teams in the league. Arthur Smith isn't a bad coach. I saw that, that Arthur Smith is a terrible coach. Dear Lord. I mean, if somebody who doesn't cover the team has never, never spoken to Arthur Smith personally. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it goes, you know, with that sort of caveat. But Arthur Smith is doing the smart thing and staying within himself. He's smart enough to know if I drop back Mariota 35 times in a game, guess what? I don't have an offensive line that can protect him. I don't have enough weapons in the passing game, and I have an inaccurate quarterback. What more do you need? What more do you need to know? I can't make it any simpler for Falcons fans. You can keep banging your head against the wall and screaming about X, Y, and Z, but you're not going to get a different result from Arthur Smith. Plain and simple. You could, you could say he's a bad coach and wrong for doing it. <laughs> I disagree. I think he's smart for doing it. And then you'll ask, well, why did they get Arthur? Why did they get Marcus Mariota? Because they had no other options. They had no cap room. He was the only affordable quarterback with starting experience. Why don't you start Desmond Ritter? I'll answer that question coming up next. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Got Monday Night Football tonight. Bears, Patriots. Patriots laying a pretty hefty number at eight. A little bit scary there. But nonetheless, find news and reviews of every league, NFL, college football, Major League Baseball World Series coming up. You got the NFL, obviously, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there for you at bet online it continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information live in-game betting scores and podcasts they've got you covered live in-game betting is a ton of fun you can make some really really smart decisions there and the podcasts are awesome you get so much good information head to bet online today use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts uh, let's continue with the falcons here because i can't get away from this so why isn't Desmond Ritter starting? Okay, um, here we go. One, let me ask this question in the big picture. Do you genuinely believe that the Falcons have employed a head coach who is purposely keeping a quarterback who gives them a better chance to win on the bench? Ask yourself the question out loud if that makes sense. Okay, it doesn't make sense. If Desmond Ritter was a better option, he'd be playing. Plain and simple. I mean, Arthur Smith has requited himself pretty well, both as an offensive coordinator and a head coach to this point, that if you don't trust him, that he knows that Mariota is the better option than Ritter, then I, I, I mean, what, I don't know what you, I would get you to believe about anything about this team. Like, it, it just it, it doesn't make sense. So let's assume that we all are on the same page that Mariota is the better option. Then ask yourself the question, why? Okay, well, here's why. One, I don't necessarily know that Ritter is any more accurate than Mariota is at this point in his career. That's number one. Number two, in order to be in Arthur Smith's offense, you have to be really, really smart. And how do we know that? Um, We know it because the one thing Arthur Smith kept complimenting Desmond Ritter on all camp long was how cerebral he was how smart he was. And he's bringing that up for two reasons. One, 
he's letting you know that you need to have it upstairs to be able to operate this offense effectively. And two, whenever you say someone's really, really smart at quarterback, it means they have physical limitations. It's just like saying she's got a really good personality, a.k.a. she ain't that good looking. Focus on the good stuff. Don't talk about the bad. He's really, really smart. He's got physical limitations. That's why he was a third-round pick, guys, because he's got physical limitations. Didn't have anything to do with his brains. If you're really smart, your draft stock goes up. If you've got physical limitations, it levels off. So not at all that's out of there. To the people who are going, well, why don't why don't we just let him let him see what we got and learn? Okay, because Arthur Smith told you from the jump, guys, that they're not going to play this season in a rebuild mode, trying to figure out what they are, trying to trying to get a better draft. They're going to win as many games as possible, and Mariota gives them a better chance to win than Ritter does at this point. You don't have to like that theory, and I don't necessarily like that theory, but I respect the man for it, and I understand it. 100%. I'll say it one more time. They are not making a change at quarterback unless one of two scenarios manifests itself. One, there's an injury to Mariota. Two, they are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Then you will see Desmond Ritter play, and not a moment sooner. Because guess what? For as bad as things were yesterday, Marcus Mariota wasn't the reason that they lost 35-17. to 17. Defense gave him, spotted him 21 points. That wasn't the offense's fault. That was the defense's fault. Mariota does not make enough net negative plays. And Arthur Smith doesn't allow him to make enough net negative plays for him to be benched for a play. Period. He keeps his quarterback in the best positions to succeed. End of conversation. And that's all you can ask a coach to do is put your players in positions to succeed. And Smith does that really well. And being in a position to succeed keeps Mariota throwing less than 20 times a game. It is what it is. I'm not sure why you guys can't grasp this. Like my grandmother used to say, you little stuna, little gabadost. It's Italian for those who don't know. Anyway. The point is, this is the reality of what this team is and how it's constructed. You can't change it. So stop asking to. Now, I'll say one other thing here. And I will talk to Arthur Smith about this today because it needs to be asked. And we're going back to a, a, a topic that we've talked about before. And that is Kyle Pitts and Drake London getting more of the offense. They both only caught three passes yesterday uh, and they both had nine yards receiving. That's really bad. Um, Drake London only got one target. Kyle Pitts got five. This is tough. And and I understand what Arthur Smith is saying. But at this point, you have to find a way to get the ball in the hand of Pitts and London, particularly Pitts. I, I don't know necessarily how you go about doing that, but um, you have to find a way because – you know, again, we talked about it last week. You didn't draft Pitts to be a really good blocker fourth overall. He's a game-changing player. you got to give him opportunities to change the game. And when you're trailing, you can't get back in the game without putting the ball in the hands of Pitts in London. 
You just can't. But Smith is very adamant about taking what the defense gives you and making sure that you make the right play as opposed to the high reward play. They're not always the same thing. And Mariota understands this as well. And that's why his numbers are what they are. But you've got to, he has to start scheming a way to get the ball in his hands. I, I completely agree with that. Not even in the red zone anymore. I completely agree. He's got to be a bigger part of the offense. He has to be. It's the only way you can counter high-scoring teams. Folks, remember, and just understand this, the Falcons' offense, and I stress the offense, has only scored more than 24 points in a game once this year, and that was against Seattle. The 28 against the 49ers, a defensive touchdown. The 27 against the Rams, special teams touchdown. The offense has only scored more than 24 points in a game once. Arthur Smith has to start changing things to get some injection into this offense that really um, can make things better. That's just what it boils down to at this point in time. Like, there is no way um, for... There is no way for this team to be able to come back. And that's what this boils down to. How do they get out of a negative game script? Because ultimately, when they play with the lead, they're always going to stay with the lead because they're successful at running the football. When they uh, when they they don't have the lead and they're chasing, this is a very difficult offense to get behind. That's what it boils down to. All right, coming up next, uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, start out their season two and one. And, oh, by the way, we have the World Series. want to remind you guys that making Locked on Falcons your first listen every day is a very wise choice. So make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked on NFL. Locked on's local experts to give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, you know our good friends, at Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. um, I want to get to the Hawks here in just a moment, but right now it is time for the Shuffle of Wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We got to set somebody straight or saying or doing something stupid. We'll whack them right upside the head with a shovel. You can do so on my Twitter account at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And uh, you use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Oops, a little early. Let me try that again. Matt Ryan. Oh, Matty, 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 Matty. Guys, uh, Matt Ryan, trouble. Man, oh man, I say this full disclosure. I backed the Colts yesterday, and that did not go well. Uh, Matt Ryan throws a pick six, throws another pack breaking interception. Um, it's not good. He is stinking the joint up. And I'll say this 
Uh, his offensive line isn't doing him any favors. I don't know how the Colts' offensive line got so bad. Like, he left Atlanta thinking he was going to be protected. It's been awful. It's been awful. They, 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 they couldn't block water by turning off the faucet. That's how bad that, that offensive line is. So, uh, but here's the thing. For all you Falcons fans out there who think that Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer, he is doing a, an incredible disservice to his career in punctuating it this way and going out limping, looking awful, making mistake after mistake. It's just, you know, it's bad. It is bad in Indy. And I don't know what the hell happened to Frank Wright because that guy used to be a good coach. Now he's hot garbage. Unreal. He's got Jonathan Taylor. The guy averaged 5.8 yards per carry yesterday. He refuses to give him the football. I mean, just really bad coaching. 5.8 yards per carry, and he only gives him the ball 10 times. There you go. As far as comes in, that's all I have to say about that. All right, uh, let's get the Atlanta Hawks here. Because, um, well, it's kind of the start that you thought that they would have. I think their offense is a little bit sluggish, to be honest with you. You know, I, I genuinely believe um, they're going to have some, some time and going to need some time to work out some of these kinks offensively. I think you could also argue that. You know, part of the reason why their offense is a little bit funky at this point in time is because, well, you know, they're not really getting anything from Trey Young. And when I say they're not getting anything from Trey Young, what I mean is like his shooting is awful to start the season. It's not good. Um, but still, it's not like you're going to, you know, change anything dramatically. It's just taking him a little while to get off the deck here and figure out had a play. Um, he hasn't shot more than 36% in the game from the field. Uh, it hasn't been pretty for Trey at all, despite the fact that he's got 23, 25, and 28 points on the season. Um, shooting is bad, and it's, it, it can be problematic. But again, I'll focus on one other player. And you're going to hear this happen a lot throughout the year. This individual is going to get a lot of flack every time he has a bad performance because he just signed a $95 million contract. As I said, the day he signed it, it's not a bad deal, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for DeAndre Hunter. But, you know, he opens up in the first game with 22 points uh, and three assists, or three rebounds, rather. And then he goes 12 and six and then five. It's like, <sighs> you need him to be closer to the 20-point guy than the 10-point guy. And to this point in his career, he hasn't been closer to the 20-point guy. Got to get there. So, you know, his highest was 15 back in uh, 2020, 2021, obviously the year that they uh, uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. But he's got to get in the 17-18 range. That, I think, is the critical difference all around. Uh, and he's got, you know, his, I'd love to see his field goal shooting get better. I don't want him in the low 40s. I want him in like the mid to high 40s. Forget the threes. You don't necessarily need that from him. That's not necessarily his game. But, you know, um, he needs to be more of a scorer that you can rely on. Not just when guys have off nights, but when he can routinely be counted on for 18 and 5 every night. And really good defense. That's what you expect. 
from DeAndre Hunter. But I feel like we're going to do this over and over again when it comes to DeAndre, just because the contract he signed when he has these lackluster nights, we're going to go, where was DeAndre? You know, if, if he does his job and, and, and starts to do more, then this team will look a lot better. And that's true, they will. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously early on, we don't have a lot of uh, sample size to go on with the Atlanta Hawks, and we will see how the rest of this unfolds. We do know that they have a very favorable schedule here coming out of the gate. Um, you know, they'll play uh, two games in Detroit coming up on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, they're on a five-game road trip, so they're not back at State Farm until Saturday, November 5th when when, um, when Zion and the Pelicans come to town. But they get two against Detroit, Milwaukee, Toronto, and the Knicks. So it's an interesting stretch. They have a chance to really, you know, try to get some wins here. Obviously, Milwaukee will be tough. Toronto's a winnable game, as is the Knicks, and they should beat Detroit twice. So four to five, give yourself a six and three start. Okay. That's kind of what people are hoping. So World Series is set, um, and uh, it was probably the least likely one that we would have thought, uh, particularly just because the Phillies have done what they did. And you're really getting a very interesting matchup here between a lineup that seems to be hitting the snot off the ball on a routine basis and um, a pitching staff that just doesn't give up a bunch of runs, period. So I I am someone who looks at this game and looks at this series, rather, and I wonder how the Phillies are going to do it because good pitching seems to neutralize good hitting in the postseason, always. But nonetheless, I wouldn't discount the Phillies. They feel kind of like it's their year, the way they played. And because of the Astros not losing a game like in this entire postseason yet, they'll have a chance to set their rotation. Uh, and, you know, they don't play again until Friday, which is ridiculous. Like, at this point in time, start the series early. Like this is another goof by Major League Baseball. Why do I want to play till November 5th? Just start the damn World Series. You got nothing going on during the week. Start the World Series. You're better off having this thing go through the weekend, right? Instead of going opening up Friday, Saturday, because uh, they don't want to compete with the NFL. So they, they try to schedule it not on Sundays. But you're better off starting this thing on Wednesday and ending it on Wednesday. So the only other thing you're going to compete with is bad Monday night football and bad Thursday night football. You work it around Sunday. Where you started like on Tuesday, go Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, you know, you go Friday, Saturday, you're off Sunday, and then you're back in for games five, six, and seven. But baseball doesn't know what they're doing. But there is that. Anyway, we digress. Not sure how many of you guys are going to watch the World Series, but, you know, I'm here for it. I'm interested to see how it all works out. I want to remind you guys, for making, uh, thanks for making Locked On Falcons your first listening. Aaron Freeman does an amazing job for your next listen. Click on that Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. How could you want to miss that? Again, Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on Odyssey, the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your 
All right, back tomorrow for another show. I appreciate you guys joining us here on this Monday. We're going to talk about this topic. This is what it is, folks. It's not going to change much. You guys have a great Monday. Don't forget to crap anybody. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.